Thanks for filling in, Jeff Hader. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Axe and Iron podcast. We would like to thank today's sponsor for this episode, Evapo Rust, the original super safe rust remover and its non-toxic environmentally safe formula. It removes rust without the hassle of scrubbing. It is also reusable for several times before the solution is spent. Head over to Amazon, use the code 25AXEIRON to get 25% off of your Evaporust. Check them out on Instagram at Evaporust. I am Chris Cash from Mount Phillip Metalworks, joined by my co-host Roy the Psychopath Scott. This is the Axe and Iron Podcast. And we have a very, very uh, outspoken, um, overly. Uh, <laughs> we have Jeff many- Vader with us today. The fill-in. I'm filling in. <laughs> You're not a fill-in. Quit saying You're that. To- I'm You're not a total fill-in. I'm not You're a fill-in. Totally, I'd rather totally be a fill-in. not a fill-in. You're not I'd a fill-in at be all. A fill-in. You're a fill-in. I appreciate it. Make no mistake. You're the the most overexposed (laughs) guest we've had so far. I'm not going to ask you a single fucking question about how you got started. Good. But you're just on here to tell dick jokes. That's all. Well, we're going to tell dick jokes. And uh, so listen, every time I'm listening to the fucking full blast podcast, you're like, I didn't know that this was going to be like, I just wanted to tell dick jokes. Yeah. What? Like, how many fucking dick jokes do you know? Because I know like zero (laughs) dick jokes. (laughs) See. No, now Roy, you're when I say dick jokes, it sounds as if I'm I have like a pocket full of street jokes. Street jokes isn't like you know set a punchline. I don't. It's just that you know any chance I can you know say wiener or 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 something like that. Well, and stupid. That's what I want to do. I don't want to. We're on knife talk, and it's so it's if we ever off road. Wait, tomorrow, you're on another podcast. I'm like an asshole. And it, it's it, it. What happens is sometimes we'll off-road it, and then we'll get messages saying, "I didn't. You know, we're here for the knife tips. We're not here for anything else. It's just like, I just want to like, you know, say it's just the, the just the tip. Yeah, I just wanted any kind of opportunity to be, you know, juvenile and unnecessary. That's what I want to do. Well, you are on the right show, my friend. I know. I know. I know. I, I do I, have a – we're going to get right into it. I said I was going to give ahead. you shit. I'm not going to like you up that bad, but I'm going to give you a little bit of shit. Go ahead. You keep harping on this. You're scared. I'm, I, I've been, I listened to the last episode with Tyler Bell, which was great, of the Full Blast podcast. For any of you guys out there listening who don't listen to Jeff's podcast, go listen to the Full Blast podcast. It's fucking incredible. And uh, he, was, he did an interview with Tyler Bell. Tyler Bell makes. He's from uh, Washington State, and you keep going back to this. I hear it. I hear it on all your podcasts. Yeah. All your me. You're scared for the blacksmith. I you're am scared that it's gonna die off. No. You're scared that that that, that you're gonna run out of consumers, or or you know the blacksmiths are making hammers for other blacksmiths. How do we how do we get the general public involved? How do we make the you know? I'm not scared. Okay. I could give a fuck. About the rest of you all. Well, you said you said you said a bunch of times. You know, I, you you keep bringing up Cliff and John. You brought that up a hundred times. Like you're scared for Cliff and John because they all they do well, is make hammers and. Well, listen, listen. This is an excellent question. I don't get I don't get really worried 
I get, I feel like in general, there can be a lack of uh, creativity and originality and you have an opportunity. I mean, you, you know, you're a blacksmith. You can, it's like pottery with a hammer and anvil. <laughs> yeah. There he goes. It's nice. I, well, heard that. I heard that. Well, what you also have to think about, I mean, you're exactly right that it's ripping off, you know, we're just basically copying each other, but the craft has also been around for 10,000 years or something, you know, and I don't know the exact fucking date, but it's been around for a long time since, since the, probably the creation of fucking fire. And sure. we figured out we can start moving ore and iron, making iron and all that shit. So yeah, there is, I, I know what you're trying to say, but I think uh, the community as a whole just wants to say like, Jeff, shut the fuck up about it already. <laughs> oh my God. And the community should have their own fucking podcast because you know I, what? they asked me to be unguarded and say what I have to say. And that's what yeah. I, here's what I think I'm trying to, my opinion is and I'm not trying to encourage anybody. It's yeah. just like, I just remember the days you see the same scrolls all the time and yep. you're seeing the same shit from years and years ago. Yep. I want to see them in an innovation. That's all. Yeah. Do have whatever the hell you, whatever makes you happy. It's just that, you know, I, I, for me, it's like you have this ability to change the mass of, of steel with a yeah. hammer and an anvil in your mind. And then well, I want to see some new shit. I want to see stuff like what Fireforge does. I want to see some so, innovation. I, I want to see innovation. The same time you say this, you're also, you're a knife maker. Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm a business person. The okay. knife making just happens to be what I'm doing business in. I wasn't planning when I, I, I don't have the same I don't have the same history with as other people in regards to, you know, I didn't I didn't like, you know, get into bed and curl up to a fucking chef knife and, and, yeah. like, and like suck its thumb you know, right. until I fell yeah. asleep. I, it's just like I made a couple knives, at, you know, I was a blacksmith and then and then I, I made a couple knives along uh, Matt Paul from MP Knives and he was teaching classes with my buddy, John Ledford, when we had uh, the Hudson River Ironworks. And then I helped him. I was like, I could do this. And I made one and then I bought, sold one. And I made another one. I sold one. I could sell them faster than I could sell sculpture. It's that it easy. A logical progression. It was a logical progression to be like, I can, you know, try to sell this sculpture or people want these knives. And you know what? I, I like them. I use them. I mean, I was a cook. So yeah, why don't I do that? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if it, it, it could have been, it could have been, I could have been making, uh, I could have been making axes for, for if it, if it had worked out. You know? I think yeah. that a lot of it is. That when you say it, you don't have any. So there's no pushback from anybody that's that you're speaking to. Like, you know, you told Tyler there's not enough innovation. Maybe you're the you called him. It wasn't the golden child. The chosen I got it was I got it was a gag, but he's a very, very smart guy. He took a class uh, with me last yeah. year at Jimmy Duress's where he made that flying bottle opener, which was cool. cool. But, you know, the the innovation, I think, comes with. um with our society, uh, especially in America, when you look at the blacksmith in different countries, um, you know, there's still guys churning out real work every day. You know, not, you keep going on the bottle. We can't keep making bottle openers. Can we? Well, there's guys that are still I never making like. Can't. I yeah. can't. Yeah. More. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But I think with the 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 American, I, I've had the, this conversation with the guys in my shop, and it, over the last hundred years, it has become like a uh it's almost like a novelty thing so industry came in uh machines started taking over the industrial revolution happened so the blacksmith fell to the wayside and you know machines and mills and that kind of shit uh automated certain 
procedures to get things done, which kind of threw the. So I think innovation in our country is kind of like at a weird spot right now because we want everything instantly and instant gratification. Right. And, and I think that, uh, you know, you used to work in a, a metal shop where you guys uh, MIG welded railings and shit right. together and scroll work and all that stuff. You know, there was a time when all of that stuff was forge welded and hot riveted and hot sure. collared. And those days left because nobody wanted to pay. Right. Here's here's the difference. I'm wanting more innovation in terms of the design and the final product. Yeah. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't care. I mean, the technique is important, of course. Yeah. I just see these guys who have maybe have a job and then they have, a, they bought an anvil and they bought a forge and they got a couple yeah. of hammers and then they learn how to do this. They learn a couple twists and then they're putting all their eggs into the baskets so if I can make these bottle openers and sell them for 25 bucks a pop. Whereas I want to see, I, I'm just kind of like, I think that there's so much more opportunity out there to be created. Now, the reason why I said Tyler Bell is the chosen one is he goes about the things that he does from a different mindset because he's had the experience as uh, working at Boeing. He has a different mindset in how he uses materials and techniques. So I think it allows him to see things a little bit differently. And that bottle opener for the first thing he ever forged, the, like the flying bottle opener was pretty yeah. clever. Yeah, so I just I just I was kind of being tongue in cheek about it, obviously. I mean, but I, I just think that sometimes you, you need to see people like you. We need to see people from with an outside perspective in order for there to be a kind of like a jump. We don't yeah. really see any more Chris Cash. I mean, no seriously, more, this, no is the, this is the this is the this is the the heaviest, deepest conversation that has no, ever no, no, happened on this fucking show. No, it's it's show. all it's all me. It's all me. But he, no, uh, no, I I think it's important he, to talk about it. You know, one hundred percent is, and and I when you bring it up, nobody uh, says the 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 latter of that. Nobody fights against you yeah, because because, they, because like none of these guys. None of the, when I talk about a knife talk, none of these guys are blacksmiths. Yeah, they. I, I it's. I don't even know if it's that. It, well, yeah, it's probably that. But <laughs> I just think that when you say it, it sounds like it's almost like in. And I know you. We know each other. You're not taking this the wrong way or anything. No, but it sounds like no. detrimental to the craft and more harmful than it is good to say like oh there needs to be innovation well i think guys are being innovative every day uh you brought up pete that motherfucker's insane he's like yeah. you know he's he's like uh top of his game right now he's he's the shit in our country in my mind when i say these these rambunctious things when i say i'm number one i'm trying to be a little bit controversial always yeah because otherwise, I mean, what are we gonna say? If I'm not guarding, what are you gonna talk about? Go out of my line. What am I? What the fuck are you gonna listen to me for? Yeah. So I gotta yeah. see the hand picks. I yell at people about the stupid taking pictures. Nobody gives a shit about your hands. It's nonsense. I don't talk about politics. And one of our about... good, one of our good friends is the best hand pick taker ever, Mr. Nick Anger. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you, I got a funny Nick Anger story. I got a funny Nick Anger story. Nick Anger, in my opinion. Is he is my favorite American knife maker because he's he is innovative in terms of yes. how he goes about everything. Who like, is this guy? I've never heard of him. You, is this a joke? No. Anger was, knives. No, Listen, I don't, anger, I don't, Jeff, I don't, Jeff, this I don't give a shit about knives. Has opened up Roy's eyes to so many people right. that he had no no idea Nick, existed. Nick, yeah, Ang, have, anger knives. Anger I have knives. funny. I have a funny Nick Anger shirt. Nick Anger is a. I'm gonna look this fucker dude. up right now. He's a big dude. He's when big. He's giant. Him, careful, he's a giant. He's oh, a giant. Like, <laughs> like physically, he's a yeah. Physically, he's yeah. a giant, and he is intimidating. And he makes, he has comes from a background. I, I, 
I'm, I'm, I'll tell you now. He told me that he may come on to the Full Blast podcast. He's very like shy, and I really want to get him on because I, I've spent a little bit of time with him. He actually, and I, the first time we met, I got into a very conf- a confrontation. I'll tell you about it because you know, <laughs> so so he really makes the I think the most innovative stuff, and he doesn't give a shit. Yep. All right. He's very so, intelligent. When he talks gonna... about it, he's very uh, flagrantly flagrant against rules and regulations. Yep. He's just a wonderful human being. He's aggressive. He's an aggressive guy. And he's intimidating. And he, he play he used to be a social worker, so he plays he, he knows how to he understands how to deal with mind games too. Yeah. I I got to I'll tell you a funny story. So Nick um, I got, uh, when Pat start, Pat Quinn started the center for mental arts and he started doing classes, I reached out because I wanted to be supportive. And I said, Hey, listen, if you got classes, I'm looking forward to seeing, taking some classes. I took a class with Aaron Wilburn there. And then he says, Oh, by the way, Nick Anger is going to be teaching a class. Maybe you want to take it. I'm like, absolutely. And I came and, uh, our, our immediate interaction was Nick, you know, was asking, what do you do? What do you do? You know? And then I said, well, you know, I, I do stock removal knives. And then he, so his nickname for me was stock removal. No, Roy, stock removal. Steam. I know what stock removal okay, is. Just, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, for your body. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, I was trying to fill them in, you know, just stock. Just stock hey, uh, all right. Uh, well, I'll fill the audience in. Um, I'm looking at Anger Knives right now, and you're saying that he's innovative. I'm, his knives are beautiful, but from the layperson like me, his knives look like everyone else's knives. If you look at his transitions between his oh the transitions, you look at the transitions him. between the the bolster and the handle and his handles and the Damascus that he does, his style is his own. He's created his own style, and he's as far as I'm concerned. I trust me. I've seen a pile of knife makers, and they're all awesome. But I I don't I think that in terms of innovation, in terms of design and creating your own style. Nick takes the cake. That's my and opinion. Nick's, Nick's different every single day. Right. Yeah. Every single Nothing's fucking every, day. He's every doing day. something different. So they're beautiful. They're beautiful knives. But honestly, I mean, these his Damascus is beautiful. He's got tons of crazy patterns and whatever. But whenever I look at it, if if um if you put this knife next to one of yours or I don't know, I mean, some other fucking knife guy, they they look similar they look good no no they don't dude they don't with peace and love peace and love you're very kind this isn't this isn't like giving you a high five i'm just saying that his work looks like everyone else's work just from the this is from the lay person i'm not trying to be an asshole no 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 no, no. i don't i don't think you're being an asshole i'm just saying that from my experience okay and as being around him and talking to him and seeing the body of his work yeah i find him to be high above the normal Knife maker blacksmith. It's, really, go- it's honestly, gorgeous work. Really I mean, work. if you look at the the way he captures um, Damascus with mono steel, and like, well, he'll just have those little Dam- Damascus slivers like in the knives, or I don't know the technical term for it, Jeff. Fine. But where I he, like he, slivers. Slivers is good. Well, he runs down. He runs the different patterns, and then forge welds them all together, and they don't look like they should go together, but they right. all go together. Yeah, yeah it's, it, got, it, it is innovative when it comes to he's that. He's got yes. more of an artistic. Uh, you know, here's the thing, Roy. I believe uh, that knife making is a lot of it is stringing a series of systems and tips together. Okay. I can teach. I can tell you a couple tips, and 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 you can string these systems together and make a knife. Okay. He kind of goes beyond those tips he really has this kind of more of a painterly quality to the way he he's got more of a it's it's more of like a spontaneousness 
he's got more like a sculptor's mind when he comes to making knives. What is this fucking knife talk? Listen, all I was gonna say. <laughs> is, <laughs> tell your Nick Anger story. I mean, so so the funny story with Nick Anger is, you know, he's a he's a he's a gruff guy, blah blah blah, gruff guy. And he's he was great. He's a great teacher. And I don't know if somebody got you know he's intimidated to ask him a question. And and I say, I yeah, go ask him a question. If you want to ask him a question? Ask him a question. You paid for this class. Ask him a question. Yeah. And he was nervous and nervous. And he he was just kind of like he was just kind of like he had a little bit of a he had a little bit of a little, little chip on his shoulder. And then all of a sudden, I was talking to him at lunch next to Pat. I don't know. I was talking about boiled linseed oil or something like that. And he goes, boiled linseed oil? What are you talking about boiled linseed oil? <laughs> screaming at me about boiled linseed oil. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, you, you, what is Nick Anger, Nick Passive Aggressive? What's going on here? And it got to the point where he got very big. He like almost like yeah. a bear, like a bear stands up on his back legs. He got super big. And then Pat Quinn immediately ran in between us. I mean, this is like, I don't know, this third or fourth or fifth class. He didn't, I mean, all of a sudden there's these two monsters, you know, like, you know, horning up against each other. And, was, and it was and it, over and it, it was, boiled linseed over oil. Over nothing, over completely nothing. And then the best part was, was you know we you know it wasn't like really gonna anything was gonna happen but ever since then he was just like you're my guy like I needed he needed to see me like I don't know you know it was like the the it. toughest guy in prison you got to walk up to I the guess, toughest guy but, in prison and punch him in the fucking face as soon yeah as you get whatever there. but, but <laughs> ever since then he's been I refer to him as my uh, guardian monster he's like my guardian angel like monster that kind of if I have a hey buddy if I have a problem he'll sneak into my into my DMs he's like. Hey man, what happened with your G? I gotta help you with your. He's great. He's he's, he's a good dude. He's great. He's got. A, he, there there was a great uh, documentary on HBO about him. Really on good. HBO? Yeah. Well, about uh, this it was guy. On, oh yeah, he's got a yeah. Super Nick, killer dude, shop. Nick's a fucking awesome. awesome he's got guy. an elevator that comes down from his like living room into his shop. Yeah, like a the, platform he, that lowers down. He's, he's that big. Pistol. Yeah. Pistol. <laughs> he's the shit, man. He's a pistol. Yeah, but I I I, uh, I was up at uh, CMA with Pat and Nick was there teaching the class and I said oh I said I just watched your do- it just happened to I said I just watched your documentary on HBO and he grabs his belly and he goes look at me now yeah he's funny, <laughs> he's, funny. he's he's like a, a funny dude and he's yeah. just like he's intense he he's got like he's quite he's quite a character. What were we Shout getting out to Nick Anger. I don't know. About, I'm telling a funny story. Fucking, fucking We were just nice. talking about innovation and, you know, that kind I, of shit. I just and you were bringing that, up knife maker innovation. I just, I just think that I get to the point where I think that there – I think that there's more. I mean, you just – it's like – it's like if you, Do you if think you, you were being innovative when you started making fish giant fishing no, lures? No, I, you okay. know what? To the point. That's a very good question because I honestly now, after years and years of looking at my work, yeah. I don't even think I was making art. I don't think it was sculpture. I See, think, I, I think your perception is changing the older you get because oh, I yeah. hear a lot of people tell me that why don't you go back to making the giant fishing lures? Those are some of the coolest fucking things you ever did. I'm actually going to be working on a couple new ones soon just because I, I, need, I need to get I, You know what? Sometimes knife making gets to me because, you know. Well, you're on a massive run of doing like, what, 50-something no, knives right that's now? Good. Yeah, I'm working on 56 knives right now, but yeah. they're all the same. I like that. I like the repetitive nature of it. A lot of guys oh, okay. say it, I like it because it reminds me of when we were in metal shops and, you know, you're doing 1,000 pickets. Or, mm-hmm. I, I try to think of this more of as a business in like a metal shop. Then like I'm, you know, some sort of I'm sort of sort of artist, you know, painting away. I, I I'm far more interested in, as a business, but also as a metal shop. So yeah. I like the repetitive days. Like even yeah. like today, I would I was just 
I was just working on these handles all day long. You know, I've been working on these knives for a long time. I yeah. like these days that are just super repetitive and like mind numbing because at the end of it, you feel like, all right, well, maybe I have a plan and maybe I can make this shit happen. But in regards so, to blacksmithing, I feel like you, 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 you have, it's such a beautiful manipulation of material. Yeah. I just think that there's got to be more than just making bottle openers. And, and I, and, and in my So mind, when you say that, when you say that, geez, Louise, like, we're 20 minutes into this fucking the fuck. conversation. Roy, okay, we'll talk we'll, about draw knife and oil and shit. Up. Yeah. <laughs> just hold on a second. Hold on a second. We're going to be, you know, be fiddling with the, don't worry. We're going to just, I forgot to tell you guys, the listeners, this is oh, going to be the God. most narcissistic oh, fucking fine. episode. I got two of, the guy, two of the guys that love talking about themselves more than anything I, else you, on the planet. You right asked me a question. Answer the goddamn question. <laughs> Roy's getting upset because you're answering a question. I no, I'm not getting. <laughs> Continue, Have motherfuckers. Go. Last yeah. thing is, go, last thing motherfucker. Is I, go. Last thing is when I say all these crazy things, it's it's not to be uh, uh, demeaning towards blacksmiths. I'm trying to say. All right, well, let's. What else can you? Or, or, or to the guys that are making a living making bottle openers. What else right? can you do? I, I'm not. Right. I'm not against. I'm not against. So, that's your business. I'm not, I, I just like you know. I just want. Well, I'm kind of pushing for more. I'm asking. Yeah. But why? I, but because I, I think you. I mean, it's like if you had invented the pen, and all you did was draw the letter M, and that's all you could do. Wouldn't you want to try to get a couple more <laughs> letters out of the alphabet? But but if you were selling but if you were selling M's as fast that's as you could make a terrible them, then fucking then fucking make all the M's you want. I'm just like, so, all right, don't enter the other letters in this fucking alphabet. I mean, so like, uh, I don't think this whole of, I don't think that there are a lot of home blacksmiths who are doing it as a full time business. I agree. Yeah. So I the think, bottle I think, the bottle opener is very approachable. Um, this goes this goes for anything like. You know, guys that want to be like Roy and start a business, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, God forbid we don't need any more fucking Roy Scotts in the world. But if you wanted to restore vintage, vintage axes and like, you know, do that kind of shit, I think that goes for every, not everybody can do that, I think, is what you're trying to say. I hope that's what you're trying to say. Like, Who not are you talking to? I'm talking to Jeff. Not everybody can stay at home and fucking make bottle openers and make a good living. I don't right? I think it's very hard to be in business when you learn how to make something. I yes, it's, it's very, very, very difficult. And I, and I just, and I, and I, and I, when I talk about it, like you, there's got to be more than blacks, but bottle openers. I'm yeah. not saying everyone's in the bottle opener business. I'm even talking yeah. about people who are in business. I'm talking about people who are trying to grow as blacksmiths. That's really what it is. I, if you, if you have a, if you have a bottle opener and you're in the bottle opener business and you're making it work, God bless you. Yeah. If you're in your, yeah. if you're just trying to be a blacksmith and learn to be a better blacksmith. There has to be more innovation in terms of ideas than just making a bottle opener. Yeah, there but you if well, you want, to, if you do, just want to. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, do whatever you want. Do whatever 100%. you want. Listen to the guy. He sits in his shop and makes knives all fucking day. So I, that might know, not be what I want. Exactly. You know. You so know, talking I, I, about the so, guy that made. Hang one on thing. a second. I'll go, go ahead. Go go. Well, I no. was fishing. You know, I love fishing. I was out I on the boat it. one time. Here we go. And I was down in D.C. and they were having like a there's a a place where they all tie off and they drink beer and have fun, yada, yada, yada. Well, I was down there fishing. Here comes this guy, this big old huge boat, one of those cigarette boats, right. you know, big blower engine and Chevy 454s. And 
That and he rolls awesome. up. Nobody knows who he is, and he just rolls up in the middle of everybody, and he starts talking. Really, really super cool, down-to-earth guy. You could tell he had some some deep pockets, some coin, you know, because he had a really nice boat. And we all start talking about what we do. Oh, I'm a body man. And my other buddy there, he's like, yeah, I'm a painter. I do paint work. And what do you do for a living? I can't remember the guy's name. And uh, he says, oh, I invented the the QR code, the little, the little mm-hmm. black and white checkered thing you scan with your phone. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's all One he thing. did. One and <laughs> that's done. all he did. Pretty good. <laughs> he invented good. that code. And Pretty that's good. it. The rest is history. Seriously, and now, one and done. Now, you every, ride off into the sunset. Yep, that's everyone's now, fucking dream. And and I bet you that guy right now, uh, you know, with COVID and everything, any anytime you want to go hands free and not touch anything to any place you go, you can scan that little QR code. And, you know, say you go to a restaurant or something, mm-hmm. and, and it that's pulls amazing. up their menu. Yeah, that's all he did though. That's it. He invented the QR code. So yeah, talking about people that just focus in on one thing and don't innovate. I mean, granted, who did prior to that? You know, but he hit a home run. I'm for you, everybody being happy. I want to <laughs> oh my God. You don't, have to, want you don't have to be happy. You, you don't have to cop out of it like that. By I saying, no, I, I, I think well, your views are your views and you should stick behind by them. I, think, I just want it to be the opposing voice because anytime you talk about it, there's no opposing voice toward it. I agree. I, you know? I, I don't disagree. I don't. I'm glad you're pushing back because, you know, somebody's got to. So how are chef how are chef knives that are coming out of the fader knives factory how are these innovative and how are you pushing the chef knife craft They're not innovative <laughs> There you go I'm not World a black I mean this isn't right black, this isn't this is a I'm making a this isn't a this is a business and yeah. I'm not really I'm not I don't really see this as art so I'm not really trying I'm trying to make someone I'm trying to make something that is very useful, very personable, approachable, and uh, you know something that's approachable, fine, uh, you know, price and ability to use it. But I don't right. necessarily, I don't, I don't feel the need to as a, as a, in this to be innovative. However, all right, all right. So hang on, hang on. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna call out Chris here because he and I've been kind of going back and forth a couple of days now. Go ahead. Where he he called me up or said he sent me a text and he said these simple words you need to flip the script okay I let him have it Jeff knows what I'm talking about I let him have it will you let me <laughs> will you let me fucking talk will you let me talk so he says you need to flip the script and I'm sitting here going what what what, what, what flip the fuck what are you talking about fuck and then then I call him I'm like seriously what like what do you mean he's like well you need to get into this and you need to do that you're always talking about product offering and i said motherfucker what about all the guys that are making the same goddamn thing like jeff fader he makes fucking knives and then his his response was all of his knives are different and i said what about ben snoor he makes fucking hammers well he's a cowboy from texas yeah there that you has go. <laughs> nothing to do with the the fact that ben, ben? snoor makes fucking hammers but that's not his that's business. it that's, that's it. Business. That's what he. That's what he fucking makes. But that's, that's not what he his does. Business. He's a ranch. Of course it is. No, 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 no. 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 That. That's his business is making hammers. His job is a ranch hand. Two very different things. No, not really. I don't know. <laughs> and and whenever I say, whenever whenever you say you got to flip so what, the script, and I give you yeah. an example of someone who does something exclusive, your answer, your rebuttal is, well, he's a cowboy from Texas, so he's cool. Like, well, that, no. that has, that <laughs> has no, said. That has no bearing of anything. I, I'm saying that he can feed his family regardless if he makes hammers or not. 
because that's not his business. His business right. is being a ranch hand out on a farm no, and those, hauling you got those cattle. Two things, you got those two things back backwards. His business is making hammers. His job, his daytime job, is a ranch hand. Yes, that's how he feeds his family. I hear he's in the watch business. Yeah, he's <laughs> in the watch business. So I what Roy's, in the watch Roy's, business, and I heard, I heard, I heard a few. I heard, I got some behind the scenes on that watch. So pretty, what do you mean? Pretty fucking good on that watch. <laughs> he told the story on here. What I know. Got I listened to it. And uh, I got some behind the scenes. I got some behind the God. scenes behind the scenes. So what Roy is referring to is I told him, I said, look, when you did this, when he started this Axe podcast that he got kicked off of, <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, I told him, he says, yeah, we're going to start this Axe podcast. I said, what the fuck are you talking about, Axe podcast? I said, you're gonna, what are you going to do, three episodes? How long can you talk about fucking Axes? He's like, oh, we're going to try it out. Well, you see, that didn't fucking take off, did it? I was just saying, like, <laughs> you're fucking, fucking change, asshole. You're change a... the, the axe world. You have the ability to do it, and that's all I was saying. You take everything I say personally, though. Whereas Jeff, I, I can be, beat him up like a punching bag, and he yeah. we're, we hug at the end. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Listen, I have I have an axe question. So oh, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on a second. <laughs> so if you want to say that I I'm not doing things that are change that are changing the axe community, you're you're fucking crazy. I'm doing things that that people don't do. Once no again, one, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most narcissistic podcast you've ever heard. <laughs> so, Go ahead, Roy. Tell us how great you are. It's it's not about being great. I'm I'm saying that I, I I'm countering what you're trying to tell me that I'm not doing anything innovative. I'm not doing anything different. That oh, you're just making an axe every single day. Well, for you, the lay person that doesn't know anything about axes, you just see an axe. Just like I'm looking at, I don't know whatever that fucking Nick Nick whoever anger management dude <laughs> fucking Jesus I see a knife. Christ. Fucking boys, boys fucking with the bull. You might get the horns. <laughs> so it's all it's all it's all about perspective and knowledge and what you're passionate about. So you you don't give a shit about axes. So you look at my my products that I'm sending out every day. They all look the same to you, but they are all very very different. And there you go. You the handle just... work that I'm doing, I, there's nothing there's nothing yeah. standard about what I do. There you go. You just answered your own question about Nick Anger's knives. You were sitting there going, you were telling Jeff how they looked exactly the same. Well, to a guy that knows what he's looking at. Yeah. Same. So it's the same fucking thing. Your eyes towards Nick Anger's knives. My eyes towards your axes. There you go. So the point of it is, is you have no authority to tell me that I'm not doing anything different. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. You know, you know, I always used to think. Jeff, you looking for a third podcast, buddy? I was, I was, I was was always thinking that this podcast, here's your stinger for the beginning of the show. I always thought that, I always thought that this, this podcast was about your abusive relationship with each other. But now I know that it's just your abusive relationship to the listeners. <laughs> that, could, that could be true. That could be true. But So um, what's, your, what's your act story, Jeff? Well, I'm not, it's not my story. When I got my first studio out of college, I was making these giant fishing lures. And the reason why I was making them is they were sculpture to me, but they were very commercially sellable. I was really you know, they were changing. They weren't looking like giant Rapalas anymore. But when I was doing in college, I was grinding, I was laminating pine and grinding them with a, uh, uh, four, four and a half inch grinder, a right angle grinder. 
Mm-hmm. And then when I got to my first shop, it was a metal shop, and I had I was sharing it with a few people. I did one with the grinder, and I almost was you know murdered because of the dust I was spitting out. And they said you can't do you can't work with wood if you're going to you know be using right. a, a four and a half inch grinder. So my dad showed me how to use a draw knife and mm-hmm. spoke shaves. And I was using the draw knife and the spoke shaves because obviously, as you know, there's no dust. It's all right. like you're taking all this material up and you're sweeping it away and you're not making a huge mess. I was, I'm so impressed with the way you use a draw knife because for pine and obviously it's a lot more aggressive. <laughs> I mean, I was like, sure. I, was, I was like, whoa, there goes the nose. The nose is gone. Oh, wow. That tail went right <laughs> off. Oh, this has got real thin. He's got a hump in it now. And I had to mm-hmm. like back off the draw knife just because I was digging too deep and the wood was very soft and I sure. ended up doing all my, all my carving with, well, I use a bandsaw, rough it in, and then I use a spoke shaves, but I love watching you use the draw knife because I know how many dis- destroyed pieces of wood, how much, how much kindling I made with those right. goddamn draw knives. So I, I always love watching you um, hang the ax because that draw knife technique you have is just really awesome. Well, That's thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and for the listeners out there, um, I got that technique from Liam Hoffman because oh, really? he put out, he put out, uh, YouTube videos years ago. And I thought, well, if this, if this kid's out there making freaking axes for a living and he's using a draw knife and he was in his tiny little shop at the time, um, why would I try something? Why would I, why do I try to reinvent the freaking wheel here? He's doing this on a, on a much larger scale than anyone else out there. And if he's going to do something, he's going to be the most efficient. Like he's got to be the most efficient. He's got to use the most efficient method. So I picked up a draw knife and to your point. Yeah. I ruined a whole bunch of fucking handles whenever I was getting going and it takes a long time. Well, that's, (laughs) There are times where I do fuck up. Um, thankfully, those are few and far between. But whenever it does happen, um, I mean, it's still painful to throw away yeah. a fucking handle. But where I am now, it's like I, I don't even fucking like dwell on it. Like right. uh, last week, I did something with a, uh, an epoxy re- uh, an epoxy laminate or something, and I just couldn't get the fucking hang right. And I cut it in half and the fucking the the instagram trolls just blew up oh my god i can't believe you wasted that why would you cut it in half i'd still use it or blah 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 I'm, it's it's junk i don't care and whenever i cut something in half it's just it's done it's over move on to the next fucking thing I've done because it, it if you just throw it in the back of your shop it's still in the in, it, for me anyway it's still in the back of my mind well maybe i can use that maybe i can salvage it so whenever i fuck up and i know it's fucked up beyond repair i just put it on the bandsaw and cut it and move on Fuck it. You know, I'm done. I like that. I, I do that too because it's definitely this like, it's this end. Oh, they're coming for somebody. That's yeah. Roy. All of them. He doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> know how to mute his mic. The wood police. The wood police are on their way. <laughs> My door is cracked like two inches, and I live in this fucking. T- there's a. The, the fucking ambulance comes by all the goddamn time. They're picking up old dead people in this fucking town. That's. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but I, I do I do like that act of finility where you cut where you something is just not right and then you just kind of like I've had handle like a knife handles where it's just not happening it's just not happening it's just not happening 
and I, maybe I can fix it. Maybe I can fix it. And then instead of just like constantly like spending all this time mm-hmm. trying to like bandage something, I'll run right. the bandsaw and be like, all right, well, that's the answer to that. You yeah, exactly. Like, Shithead. Yeah. Human garbage. It's it's definitely piece of human garbage. It's definitely it makes things much more. uh, You're not. There's no. There's no ins and outs anymore. It's all. It's over. You gotta start over. I I like. I like that. Yeah, it's a fresh start. And yeah, yeah, whenever I cut it in half, it's it's out of my mind altogether. And you you know, sorry. Do I save them? No. I save all my like real bad fuck ups, and they put them on the wall. I like I, I look at them as these talismans of of Jeff. Of I, I hate to tell you, Roy wouldn't have enough fucking wall space. Oh my god, <laughs> have enough fucking wall space. <laughs> that whole got... every, everything behind him would be Damn. fucking. Damn, Jesus. girl. Now that we do have, you have like a, do you just have like what? a list of? You have a list. Uh, of yeah, I actually. I have you one just list. like write them all. He's got a piece of paper with all the things I can possibly. It's like, what can I say to what can I say to Roy at this? Oh, seriously, Jesus Christ, like he. He's like he's the more that we get to know each other, the more overtly aggressive he is towards hating and the, me. The worst thing I yeah, and it was the worst decision I ever made in my life was getting to know you. Probably. There's no, there's no fucking there's no going back now. There's You're no, welcome. We're, we're fucking committed. We're committed. Oh, this is there's so... contracts signed and there's fucking shit in the in the war. <laughs> so let let's talk about these lures real quick, Jeff, because I know you're a long you're a long winded motherfucker. Oh, wow. How long do they take what to the make? Fuck this long? <laughs> Why are you calling long winded? Uh, I he's, think it's obvious. He's fucking. Uh, he's not used to somebody holding a conversation that long, Jeff. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so. Uh, seriously, uh, all joking aside, how long did these things, how long did they take you? Well, I mean, it depends on how big they are. I mean, now, sure. I mean, it's mostly the, I mean, once you get them, one, I mean, now I'm starting to make them on the smaller side, like, you know, bigger than a muscular is kind of like where I like to be, you know, something maybe, you know, two feet long maximum is mm-hmm. 18 inches, two feet long. And then I don't know, I can carve them pretty quick. And I actually did uh 60. The last ones I made, I made 60 needlefish. Each one were 18 inches. I made 60 identical ones. Carved them all with spoke shaves, and then wow. painted them all. And it was I did it all in a month. Wow. And that that was yeah. the the wall like the wall yeah. display. That yeah. was fucking cool. Yeah. That's this this Jeep. This Jeep is that those I traded those that sculpture for this Jeep. So. Oh no Jeez shit. Louise. Yeah. I, I I I traded uh I traded two my last two cars. Were were a sculpture uh, uh, barters, so. Well, so has, go ahead, sorry, bro. Have at it. Uh, so you and I have um, messaged each other back and forth about yeah. fishing a little bit. So and you clearly like doing lures and stuff. So what what's this deep rooted fishing uh, theme that's going on in Jeff Fader's life? Well, when I got to I used to fish when I was a kid. And uh-huh. then just with, you know, my friends and whatever, the bullshit, you know, popper, you know, like bobbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I got to college. I went to college in Ohio and there's a lot of great freshwater fishing there. And I was in the middle of Ohio. And then I had a friend of mine. There's um, nothing was, great about Ohio. Oh, the fishing's It's fine. No, go ahead. Ohio's fine. <laughs> Ohio Jesus sucks Christ. ass. So, I mean, we, I just, I, I was making, doing these sculptures and then one of the guys in my sculpture class fished a lot and I went fishing with him and then we fished a lot. And then, you know, the whole idea of fishing to me was always more than just like going out and catching fish. There was this real, you know, 
feeling of optimism. You know, you, you didn't know if you were if what was going to happen, but you were excited to go out and it could be, you know, really this moment of, you know, catching something big or getting skunk. But there was this really moment of, you know, there, there's an optimistic moment of, of fishing. And I always like that. And the lures were always to me as a joke because, you know, you go into like wherever you're buying tackle and you're looking at all the lures and the crazy colors and the crazy names. And it got to the point where it was very clear that it was more about trying to catch the buyer than mm-hmm. the actual fish. Absolutely. And we all know the, the, the best bait for fish is going to the pet store and getting goldfish. Which I have <laughs> we were we went fishing once. We were going to and our the bait store was closed. Everything was closed except for the pet store. My buddy's like, "Let's go get some goldfish." Oh and shit, that's we, funny. We got goldfish. You're not supposed to do it because you don't want them to, you know, invade. Yeah, now they're an invasive species. But I tell you what, <laughs> it's like a nuclear. It's like nuclear destruction. As soon as they hit the water, oh they god, slam. So that was that was a that was a. You know, we and, and it's on a murky day too. That's the best. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a nice goldfish and put them on a hook. So that it's funny that. that you you mention um, you know the the anticipation, the 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 um, you know the the optimism. So right. whenever I was fishing in Idaho, um, like you would hear stories of people, oh, I caught fifty fish a day, I caught a hundred fish a day, and you're like, no fucking person catches a hundred goddamn cutthroat a day. Well, in Idaho, you can. Wow. And I had this fishing buddy. I was friends with him for, I don't know, 10 years or whatever. And we, and he would get so pissed off at me because I would want to fish until I was shivering cold. The sun was going down. And one day he looks at me, we're on the river, fucking sun's behind the ridge. And he goes, how many fish is it going to take for you to have a good day? And I go, dude, it's not about the number. It's the next cast could be the biggest, most you know, just the, the, the best fish that I've ever caught in my life could be hanging around that bin right there behind that rock. It could change the fucking – it could just change my perception of fishing altogether with one last cast. And he just looked at me in complete disbelief like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, we've caught enough. I'm done. I'm done. And, and for me, it's just – it's never enough. He's the problem. Roy Scott is an optimist. That's what you should have said. I believe, I believe, I, I think Scott my, I think my wife would disagree. I, no, but that's, that's the, that's the nature of optimism is that you think that the next thing, you know, you're never satisfied, never satisfied and you're looking forward to the future. That's, that's a positive thing, Roy Scott. Well, okay. I'll, I'll take it. Take it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fishing is, hey. a, fishing is, fishing is not just about catching the fish. It's this degree of optimism of the day, you know? Because you get excited, you put your shit together, you're getting it all ready to go, and where are you going to go? You got your spots, and maybe you bring your food, and you got all this stuff, and you're bringing it maybe with your friend, your family, or somebody. But you, you no one's ever like, oh, I got to go fishing. God damn it. <laughs> you know, like, if you like to fish, you're pumped. I'm going to go fishing tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? I'm going to go fucking fishing tomorrow. Yeah. It's the best. I it is so the I, best. So uh, along these lines, I got to share this with you all. So out of nowhere, two days ago, in the mail, the listeners can't see this, but they can <laughs> probably hear this. They finally Check got this out. I have a lure in my hand, okay? Yeah. And I have a note that says, "Thank you." And I'm going to read this, dear Roy. I wanted to send you. <laughs> I wanted of, to. Send, this is from one of my guys. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I wanted to send you a little gift that I have personally hand painted 
from a fisherman to a fisherman. I appreciate you and your podcast. Chris Cash gave me your P.O. box. P.S. Chris doesn't have a big head. He's a little guy. All false. No, that's not true at all. That's pretty much uh, all I got to fucking say from one of your five listeners, Big Viking John. So big shout out to him and thank you for the lure. He gave you the perch. He gave you the perch color. The perch so color. So John, John's freaking a very good awesome. friend of mine and uh, he's been out to the shop a bunch. John actually, John's like 6'8", 360 pounds. He's a big boy. What? Yeah, he's a big guy. Big That's guy. why his name is Big, big Viking John. He's a big motherfucker. But he hurt his back and he had to figure out some other way to earn income so mm-hmm. he start he couldn't forge anymore so he started custom lures and that's one and of his he lures. Made, he made that lure yeah yeah yep yeah wow it's yeah, gorgeous so he, yeah so he involved. actually after he came here to that uh uh tool sale i had two weeks ago he's making a because my wife's into fishing more than i am so he's making her a custom line of purple and white themed uh fishing oh she's, she's a big fan of like poppers and topwater baits and stuff like that so he's he's got this line of line of fishing lures that he's doing for there but, are incredible custom lure makers in europe i got real into those guys uh when i was really making lures they're fa- i'm fascinated by fishing in general and part of it is now with instagram and meeting people from all over the world you start to see like there's like a lot of similarities in terms of like where fish are. Like if you look up north in the United States and you just kind of cut across towards the UK, you almost feel like they're the same fish. It's almost mm-hmm. like like different variations of pike and pickerel and and you know and like uh, carp and trout and stuff like that. And then you kind of go slow, lower and you see other things. And but the right. guys in Europe are they're making these beautiful baits. I just I mean I love watching them. Mm-hmm. Love well, you know, some people ask me um, why I like fly fishing so much, and oh, do you go fly fishing in Kentucky or Tennessee or whatever? And I'm like, no, why? Why even fucking bother? I go, I go, like, once you fished in Idaho and Montana, Washington, Oregon, you're spoiled. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't fly fished in five years until my trip out to Montana, and whenever I went there, it was uh, just off the fucking charts amazing like it yeah. always is and i'm i mean every fish is like oh it's an average 14er and you know on on occasion you catch one that's 18 to 20 like a cutthroat that's 18 to 20 inches it's fucking on a fly yeah. rod it's fucking awesome why yeah. would i want to go out and fucking swamp ass kentucky and go fish for fucking bass <laughs> well, there's gotta be some good fly fishing in swamp ass kentucky come on man but it's like I'm just saying the scenery here versus the scenery there, the experience. It's just, I mean, yeah, yeah. I like you just can't compare. You, I like fly fishing because you can keep everything in your pocket. It's not you're not schle- you don't have to schlep so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That is true. Jeff, where yes. nobody's ever asked you what? Well, maybe they have, and I just haven't heard it because you've been on fucking nine thousand podcasts. Where are you? <laughs> What what is the what is the um okay so I struggle with thinking about how far I want to take something and how big I want to grow this thing where where is Fetter Knives headed like you say you say you 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 love the business aspect of it so where is the business going for you say ten years down the road well ten years down the road yeah well, um, we'll do five years do two I mean years. I'd like I to be I want to be I'd like this to be a bigger organ a bigger operation an operation where I'm doing much more 
uh, I would like to have knives less expensive. And I'd like okay. to be able to have knives in, you know, stores. How much like, are your knives, Jeff? I don't even know. They're, they're like a nine inch chef knife is, is, is hovering around 500 bucks. Not crazy in the custom knife business. And then so oyster knives are like 125 or something like that. So this run of 50 something knives are all those. What are those? I mean, less. They're less than they weren't. They were the, the, the offset serrated knives I'm doing now were we worked with the chef Trevor Kunk and we tried to have some of the money goes towards some sort of charity. And this charity went to uh, the organization that helps his company and their employees. Didn't so we, I hear you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I know. So it was it was they were less. I think that all day I think they were like I think they were hovering around 350 or 360 or something like that. Wow. Or much, much, much less. Didn't like, I hear you say somewhere that a serrated knife should never be allowed or something like that? You should yeah. never make it? No, no. Some, some of these guys. I tell you what. Somebody else serrated, said that to him. Serrated <laughs> knives. Oh, really? Serrated knives are great. Who a said lot of that? guys don't know Where how did to I make. hear that? No, it was our my buddy Luis. He was making a joke. He had a problem with. Uh, with a serrated knife and i said it looks great and he goes no it doesn't look great or i triggered you he was fooling around he's a good <laughs> no i, he I heard this from her and then someone said oh it's a serrated knives make good bread knives where the fuck did i hear that well here's here's the thing about serrated knives the the used to be just that people used serrated knives for bread knives and they were like a long slicer that mm-hmm. where the blade goes out there's no knuckle guard there's no drop down or whatever and then these cooks learned from deli guys that you could make a knife offset. And the reason why it's offset is it looks like it's got a long heel, like a long heel. It's just materials taken out. And the reason why is because you don't need it. And and it's like if you're cutting through bread, you don't need a whole lot of production. So these cooks started to see what the deli guys are doing. And they said, let's try to use these as utility knives. And then in kitchens, they're the most used knife of all time. And I, that's what I learned. And then that's when I started making them. And now it seems mm-hmm. to be a, becoming a thing. So five years from now, are you going to be making a whole line of bread knives? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I want to make it all. I'd like, I wouldn't mind if somebody, if somebody came, I mean, we can't, we put the, so if somebody decides to come around and like swoop up fader knives, there, go ahead. No oh, <laughs> I got you. I Everything's for sale. A hundred, listen, let's be straight. I mean, you know, okay, let's be straight. The right lure, yeah, that's what we're trying to get. Gonna <laughs> bite, fucking bass is going to bite. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I got you. But I mean, I, I, I like, I enjoy the production aspect of it. I like doing more of the production. I need to kind of take some more of the labor out of my hands. And then I like where we're, we're heading. We're exponentially growing, even in this, even in this uh, financial situation we're in right now. But uh, I like to do more stuff uh, with other chefs. I, 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 one of the only guys who really does a lot more signature series knives with chefs, you know, at least mm-hmm. twice a year once or twice a year and then we roll a lot of the money into charities and stuff like that and it's become something that's be that's we're headed towards something good with maybe you know if a com- with a company you know we're, we're, we're putting together something that could turn into something more without going into it too i got you yeah, yeah. so we're trying to so, we're trying to set myself up this company's trying to set itself apart okay. from everybody else okay well then let me ask you this what Go then ahead. what then what? somebody buys somebody bites the big bass lure okay. then what if I could, if I could do more blacksmithing, I would okay. be happy. 
If I can do openers. more forging, and I don't necessarily need <laughs> he wants to make bottle openers. I make jokes, but I got I got I have already I got a couple bottle openers that I already have Look, to make that are, that are the motherfuckers around. sell. They sell. That's all there is to it. When I when I talk about bottle openers, I'm talking about the craft of blacksmithing. Yeah. I'm talking about the for, the, <laughs> the propelling forward of the blacksmithing as a craft. That's all. It's like yeah. it's like that's. I mean, Hoffy said it to me a long time ago. He says we got to figure out something, otherwise it's going to yeah. be it's going to go away. You yeah. know, it used to be the top of the food chain in terms of construction and innovation, in terms of building, in terms of everything. And then it's like now it's like we're known for bottle openers. Come on, There's, we. I just think that we have we're smart enough to come up with new things that could be helpful in the modern day. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. I'm but the, I mean the feeling. the bottle openers are what sus- what potentially sustain someone's growing business. Of course. Because 100%. I mean, you you're always talking about approachability. I mean, 100 20, 25 bucks for a bottle opener. And I use a bottle opener every fucking day. Um, God and it's kind of cool. Goddamn fucking alcoholic. That's why. Go and ahead. It's, and it's, <laughs> it's kind of cool to collect different ones from different makers, different shapes. You should do a fish one. I'm sure it's, I mean, I'm sure of people course. do it. I, 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 I think that when I think about the bottle opener, I think of it as an excellent, an excellent avenue for blacksmiths to learn how to become better blacksmiths. And to potentially make a couple extra bucks, but that just can't, that's not the only oasis yeah. in the desert. I, I just yeah. I just find it to be just like this, this tiny speck in terms of the possibilities does of Alex, other good ideas. I want to see Alex, other good ideas. Does Alex Pohl make um, openers? Yeah. yeah, he does. Yeah. Shout out to uh, um, Andrew from Portland Ironworks. Andrew makes beautiful trout uh, trout. Um, bottle openers and steak flippers and shit and it actually looks like a motherfucking trout so hmm. yeah portland yeah, Ironworks. i think it's i love i mean i th- what i do love about i love bottle openers i love the fact that knife that that blacksmiths can start to kind of create their own style mm-hmm. i so have I, a pile of bottle openers i'm looking at them right now i got i got chris's and i got from from john from jesse from uh from uh fire forge i have a pile of them i love looking at them I mm-hmm. just know that there's more. I, I know he that there's says, more. I love looking at them. Well, no, I, because I mean, how many bottle openers do I have to have in my house? My yeah, wife has yeah. been with me for 20 plus, 25 years. Do you think she wants to see another goddamn piece of metal in our house? So They're I think crazy. the flip side to that is because I travel all around the country. I meet all these, I go to all these shops. I, I meet all these guys that are, you know, I've, I've talked about this before. I know the guys that are installing, you know, million dollar jobs. And I know the guys that are living on bottle openers. Right. I think the stuff that's being so innovation in your eyes might be some somebody else building something else that you're not even seeing. So you might be having this conversation with everybody about there needs to be more innovation. There needs to be more innovation. But you might not be seeing the. You know, there's blacksmiths that sure. aren't even on anybody's radar that are doing amazing work, you know, I, I and agree. and change of the game when it comes to, you know, you wouldn't have that conversation with a. Uh, painter, right? Look, listen to me. Oh my God! Listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> How is a painter going to be more listen innovative, me. Jeff? Listen I want to know. Listen to me. 
Dude, how many Chris, times? you're talking out of both sides of your fucking mouth here. At one time, you're saying, what do you mean? well, Roy, you got to be more innovative. And then you're saying, well, these guys. No, no, no. I'm, fucking t- I'm telling you to come up um, with something I different. Calm down for a second. <laughs> Listen to me. Calm down for a second. Listen to me. How God, when, times, whenever Jeff is the the freaking voice of reason, we're in goddamn trouble. Well, you make, <laughs> you, I'm the fucking fill-in. What do you want to do? You're not a fucking fill-in. You're a right. fill-in. You're a listen fill-in. To me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Make How many mistake. times have people asked you if you are you work with horseshoes? I've never been asked that. All right. Well, then my I have had the knife done. thing. My the knife done. thing. No, right. no, no. I've had you, the knife one. The knife one. Oh, do you go on forged and fire? I hear that every day. That, see, that's 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 the point. I, yeah. For years, people say, "Oh, you shoe horses." There's got to be more in the mind of the average civilian who doesn't know about yeah. metalworking, yeah. other than wily e. coyote dropping anvils on the roadrunner, forging fire, and 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 horseshoes. I just think that that's that's always been my whole thing of like, how can we become a little bit more known for other things other than the standard, the, the standard nonsense. I mean, the anvil dropping from the sky, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. I actually have a story. I'm going to switch gears right real quick because it just reminds me. I found a story um, for you guys in regards, to, in regards to anvils. And the question was, has anyone actually ever been killed by a falling anvil? <laughs> yes, 100%. The answer is no. The answer is more pianos. Pianos falling on people. In 1931, a piano was being hoisted into a second-story window. It broke free, killing a a mover below. Uh, There's another guy in 1955 who who was crushed (laughs) under a piano, delivering it to his home. Virtually, um, and then, then, here's a good one. Here's a good one. In 1983... 1983, this guy Jimmy Ferrezzo and this dancer girlfriend were having sex on top of the piano. Oh, yeah. That was rigged so it could be raised or lowered for performances. Apparently, in the heat of passion, the couple accidentally hit the up switch, whereupon the piano rose and crushed Jimmy to death against the ceiling. I guess he was on top. The girlfriend was pinned underneath him for hours but survived. (laughs) Oh wow. These things happen more. There there are no stories. I mean, maybe if somebody was with an anvil, maybe if, if someone did one of those anvil shoots where they put the gunpowder underneath and explodes and then it goes down the ground. But there's no recording stories of people getting hit with anvils. That's from fucking cartoons. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. I just I'm want to make we... that clear. I mean, people think it's from like, you know. Real from, life. It's cartoons. Yeah, it's cartoons. Has jack shit to do with blacksmithing. 100 percent well people yeah. think it's roadrunner yeah and it's not well, so that's why we need to be more innovative we need to be we need to we need to like figure it out so jeff you, you're you're saying that you're not a blacksmith you're a business you're a chef knife business owner correct i don't know what I, I look i i have been a blacksmith for a while i usually say i'm a blacksmith uh i sometimes i've i, I I am having I have now that I'm about to turn 47, I'm having this midlife crisis in regards oh, fuck. to who I am. I'm not buying anything, but it's just like I don't, <laughs> I don't get to, I'm not buying it. Trust me, I'm wearing the, I get, I'm wearing the same I shit. I just I'm got a red fly press in the shop. It's Corvette red. 
<laughs> I'm not. I can't buy anything. I don't. I, it's, I, I'm, but it's I, what I'm screaming is I midlife crisis. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have my my midlife crisis is I'm not as arrogant in terms of who I am and what I've done as I was in the past. That's a good okay. One. So I my my yeah. question is, if you're not identifying as a blacksmith, why the fuck do you care what they're doing? Look, it's a good I'm question. On a, I'm on a podcast. Where we That's have a good question. Cool. If I were just to say, if I was just to insult, if I was just to insult, <laughs> no, it's not a podcasting part. No, no. This would be your podcast. <laughs> the bottom line is, Roy, the man needs fucking content, and that's why. That's what I got. To four, say. I got like four okay? hours a week to fill, dude. I gotta figure something out. He's got fucking fetter knives. He's got Jeff Fetter. He's got Knife Talk podcast. He's got full. It's mu- this motherfucker got, has four Instagram accounts. He has to pay attention to. I got. I got four hours of podcasting content. I have to cough up a week. I gotta take a stand so he's, somewhere. He's gotta piss people off like me and the other ah, guys and fucking no get them all riled up. So that there's something to talk about around the water cooler next I, week. I got people so mad at me when I said stop with the hand picks. Basically, oh what I was, doing, and this gets back to Nick Anger. So you were talking about Nick Anger's the king of the hand picks. I sent he I said to, I sent him a DM a while ago. I said you know everyone's ripping you off with a hand pick. Yeah. And he what's said up with the hand? I don't fucking hand pick. It's no, but it's because here's if you're selling a knife. Yeah. And you have mm-hmm. disgusting hands. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. have to. The people have to. Nobody see wants that to see that their, fucking shit. They don't want to see a fucking bl- a black and blue thumbnail. They won't be able to see it like in their hand. I know exactly you know what, you what you're talking about. They don't about. want to see the fucking finger, the the bandages yeah. on the finger. I've heard, I've heard you say that you before. Yeah, I'm but like, so, Jesus Christ, he's so right when he says that. So like, nobody said, wants to see your fucked up hands. I, so I said it. So I sent a message to to Nick. I said everyone's ripping you off of the fucking hand picks. So he sent me a video on how he does it. I have the, the one thing video I saved. He says, you can't repost it, but this is how I do it. And he walked me through how he does the handpicks. It's hilarious. But, you know, but I, I just think that you got to take a stand somewhere. I don't talk about, like, politics because no. I'm, not in, I'm not interested in debating yeah. with other people. Right. And, 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 and I take these funny stances that people understand. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're right. My hands are pretty fucked up. You know, so it's it's all nonsense, dude. It's all fucking nonsense. Gotta, you can, but, but however, there's so many podcasts out there. You gotta, you gotta engage people to a certain degree, even if you make them angry. Yeah. Now, if they're listening, I'm trying to. I'm not like, I'm not trying to solve the world's problems, and I'm not trying. There to you go. That's not, not that's trying all, to, there you know. go. That's all you gotta say. You're Just, not trying to save the world, save the world's problems. Or you're not trying to be inspiring. I'm noticing so, weird things that annoy so stop, me, and then I'm telling you. I, I don't want to be the middleman for Jeff's shit anymore. Don't DM me asking me what the fuck he's talking about. Okay? People do that. Yeah, okay. I've gotten that. Why do you think I'm bringing this up? You, I would have called you if I if I wanted to bring this up. What? Say, what the fuck's he talking about? Why is yeah. he saying that kind of shit? You know, yeah, that shit gets talked about. Fine. So Chris Chris Cash is Jeff Fader's handler now? Motherfucker, you don't even want to see the DMs I get about your fucking crazy <laughs> oh, ass. No. You don't even want to see those. Yeah. <laughs> about people are, people are DMing you about yeah. me? Yep. Why? Association. The association what? we have together, I guess. Yeah. I'm a fan. I've only sent fan messages. I'm a fan of Roy Scott. <laughs> I don't, you, I don't. You Jeff. fucking liars. That's Seriously. not true. It's not no. true. I love the shaking of the head. I love what you do when you, when you do that quick little shake of the head and then you or say, the, come the, on. The, I love the that. Flip shit. Of the, yeah. The, the flip fuck, of the, I, finger. the little, the little, the little, 
Maybe the head nod, the head nod. I love that. I, I, love, all, I, love, I love everything you do. I'm the a one fan. guy goes, what the fuck's wrong with his hand? Why is he always spinning it out of control? <laughs> I don't – listen, motherfucker. Up. Listen, <laughs> I, these fucking little things that people have picked up on, I don't even fucking know that I'm doing them. And I'm, not, I'm seriously we, we know, not buddy. doing anything – Will you we let know. me fucking finish? I'm not trying to do anything intentionally. And all these fucking axe nerds that freaking get together, they whenever I'm hanging out with them, they're fucking twirling their fingers and saying, come on, and, and fucking whatever. And now you're twirling your finger for me to fucking wrap this goddamn thing up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> He's off his meds today, ladies and gentlemen. So this is the part of the show. We're going to give somebody some love. And I personally am going to give love to Nick Anger because it feels <laughs> like we talk so much shit about Nick Anger. But Nick Anger is a good dude. I talk to him on like a weekly basis Do you? through the DMs. Oh, yeah. Nick's a good guy. We love talk about all dude. kinds of shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, shout out to Nick Anger. If you're not following Nick Anger, go follow Anger Knives because his shit is fucking innovative. <laughs> I don't. I really wish I could freaking wrap my head around that because that. I mean, it's good. You don't have but to. I, I mean, it's. I it's, know. Why? Why do you have forty-eight thousand followers? You're draw knifing bullshit and vices and putting old heads on new sticks. Easy, you know? easy for God's <laughs> sake! What's going on? Who do you got, Roy? No, hang on a second. This the, Nick Anger. Like, whenever I look at his knife, it seems like. I mean, it's comparable to a doghouse forge knife or something, and, and it's comparable to a fader knives. Both yeah, fantastic knife the makers. Construction, the construction's all different. Okay. Well, all, right. all of which, all of which that are fantastic knife makers. So, how do you pronounce uh, Big Viking John's last name? Mc. John? Oh, it's Mc 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 I think. Mc yeah. Mc yeah. Mc McDonough. 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 I don't know. John. Big. I always call him Big. Big, big John. There's, Speaking of hey. which. Hang look on. at the look how big that motherfucker is. You see that giant carp he's holding in his Instagram? It looks like a goddamn minnow. <laughs> <laughs> so, Big John, I tried calling you two times this week to personally thank you, and you did not answer your phone. Well, he's so probably if got you blocked. Well, probably. Uh, mm. it's, it's an Idaho number, so it's probably coming up as spam form or whatever. But, uh, Big John, seriously, thank you for the lure. Thank you for the note. Um, and I'm sorry that you're friends with Chris Cash. That will go nowhere. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Who do you got, Jeff? I want to give a shout-out to a guy named Mark Smith. Mark underscore Smith underscore Knives. Oh, yeah, another underscore friend. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> listen, don't, this is a good dude. I'm giving yeah, a good This is idiot. idiot. Don't. Listen. Let's go. You're the worst. Yours is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Yours is the king of the worst. There's no worst. There's no worst. There's no worst. I'm stuck. I'm stuck now. You're. It's I'm the stuck. worst. I can't but do Mark anything now. sent us, and I, I was having problems. I was talking about uh how I was uh scary having scary instances with my table saw, and he showed me how to make a very easy, quick uh table saw sled. That fucking saved my bacon when I cut, I saw when that I down, when I trimmed down all these when I trimmed all these handles. He's a good dude. He's a he's a good he's a knife maker. He's a good dude. He listens to the Full Blast podcast. I think so. I think I, th I don't know if he listens. <laughs> I don't know if he listens to this podcast. I know he's a Probably knife not. Guy. Oh, I hope not. But he's a good dude, and he, I want to just thank him. I, I want to thank him on. I want to thank him because he did help a lot of guys out uh, uh, with that knife sled trick that a lot of us guys. You know, a lot of us guys aren't woodworkers. Yeah. So uh, we don't know from this uh, this woodworking stuff. Thank know, you, Mark. I know, your, I know your opinion on woodworking. 
Mark yes. underscore Smith underscore knives. Yeah, that Another was a really, underscore was, friend. I do like it. When, the one good thing about the knife community, especially, is they are everyone is very helpful, and so are the blacksmithing community. Yeah, I like the community in terms of helping each other out, and we try to kind of echo these good tips and ideas, and it's that's that's the most enjoyable part of this whole thing. Absolutely, so, marks marks the man. I couldn't agree anymore. Jeff, thank you very much. Thank you, you Jeff. You, you weren't a fill-in. You, you, we were a You're genuine right. guest, but you've, I've told you before, you've been on so many goddamn shows. What are we going to talk about? And here we go. We got to talk about. I had a, I had a list of, fu- I had a list of funny. Uh, and that all went out. Went out can, I, can I, can I give one funny news Hit story? Hit it. Let's for go. Roy? Yeah. This is uh, a motor. Um, this is a San Antonio man throws an axe at a moving train, which bounces <laughs> back and hits him in the head. Good for him. Jesus Christ. So a San Antonio man was taken into custody by authorities after San Antonio police said he threw an axe at a moving train because the causing the conductor to stop it. The police said the incident happened around 1230 a.m. in uh, uh, in San Antonio when the man threw the axe. It bounced off the train and, and hit him in the head. The conductor Good. told the police that he stopped the train after believing he had hit somebody. The police said the man ran down Brady Boulevard. Found an emergency uh, medical services line, and he was lying on the ground, axe in his head. So Good. Don't Jesus throw, Christ. Don't throw axes at trains expecting something good to happen. Don't throw uh, axes at trains. You know, One less idiot in the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, seriously, I know this is the first time that you and I have ever talked and hung out or whatever. And yes. Thank you for coming <laughs> what, on. And, what and an impression you made. <laughs> seriously, thank you for coming on and filling in. Um, I appreciate it. Anytime. He's not a fucking fill-in. I know I'm a fill-in. It's fine. You are 100% not a fill-in. I don't know. So look, we had we had uh, Roy drug his ass like he normally does and took his. I don't fucking drug my ass. <laughs> to send somebody I bought something. Fucking, I bought Hoffman so. headphones <laughs> and sent them to him so that he can be on the show. Well, there you go. Week. Next week, Liam Hoffman. Next week, Ladies Liam Hoffman. Thanks for filling in, Jeff Hader. Good night. Listen, guys. <laughs> you motherfucker. This is, this is the most dysfunctional podcast I've it's, ever been on. It's the best. But I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate the hell out of it. Don't say it's the most dysfunctional, because if you ever listen to the Christmas episode of the Blacksmith's Pub, that Jeez. was the most dysfunctional. That was funny. <laughs> that was ridiculous. It was awesome. <laughs> you were oh, so pissed. Jesus Christ. No, yeah, I, I would be too. I wasn't I pissed. I, you were I wasn't pissed. pissed. I just didn't know what the hell was going on. I go. So if you listen to the Christmas episode of the Blacksmith's Pub, they were going to call these people. And Barter, Rick Barter, can't not love Rick Barter. He yeah. started drinking it like He two. was all sauced. He yeah. was drinking it like to... two, and they got to me by like nine. Yeah. So he was like he was like up to his back teeth in tequila, and then as and it, it was a shit house. And then the whole time I don't I can't hear what anyone's saying. And then all I hear is John Ariani saying, say something funny already. Say something funny already. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, dance, monkey, dance. Yeah, Jesus it was Christ. Ridiculous. It was well, funny. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry this wasn't an hour of dick jokes. <laughs> no, it's fine. I know, you know you guys were you handling all the dick jokes against each other. It was great. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We'd like to thank the amazing sponsor for this amazing episode of the Axe and Iron Podcast, Evapo Rust. 
I see you guys have been going out and buying Evaporust on Amazon and using the code 25 Axe and Iron and reposting it. Not Axe and Iron, just 25 I'm Axe sorry, and Iron. 25 Axe Iron. I apologize, Evaporust. It doesn't matter. People know what it is. 25 and Axe and Iron. Go to Amazon. For, it saves you on a liter, a gallon, a three and a half gallon. Yada, yada, and yada. for the record, I've seen more axes posted than any other tool that they're showing on those uh, on those coupons. What else are you going to put in go. the bucket? What else are you going to put in the bucket, Roy? <laughs> fucking head in the goddamn bucket. That was a great episode with uh, the guy from Revapor. We, I got so much feedback, positive feedback yeah. from that episode. Even my wife said it was awesome. He was I mean, excellent. I, he was excellent. It, it was so good, and, and it was so relatable because the business story behind it. I mean, it could have been a total nerd fest of all this chemical and science and everything, but he made it real, and it was just – you know, the the freaking hard luck story. Oh, this didn't happen overnight. And it's just like every other fucking business. And it's just like Chris's life. Every turn, fucking failure, failure, failure. Before <laughs> you finally you wish, have success. <laughs> I, I did like how Chris Chris was like a PhD in chemistry. I did like that, too. You definitely, <laughs> you definitely sounded as if, oh, yeah. He knew. Say. He knew. Oh, I, he yo. knew we were both full of shit. Trust me. He oh, knew really? we were oh. both full of shit. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. It's a compound. Oh, yeah. yeah compound. Oh, we we yeah, actually just used that machine. Well, I understand. I understand. <laughs> it was a great episode. It was, it was a, a great truly episode. great episode. Followed up by another amazing episode with Jeff Fader. And that is a wrap on the Axe and Iron Podcast. Thanks for filling in.